the big issue that's made is around the fact that um, the ships will be leased. Um, in our consideration, um, what happened is that as part of the Oceans Economy Operation Pakisa, shipbuilding is a designated, was then made a designated activity. But obviously the bidders went to the DTIC based on the assessment of the DTIC. The DTIC then made a decision to exempt um, these ships from, from obviously uh, the requirement to be uh, built here. And But in addition to that, what they did do, they actually indicated to these ships that um, they will require, they require that the exemption is subject to these ships being maintained and overhauled here in South Africa, not somewhere else. So in terms of its operations, while they are here, the expectation is that um, those uh, that work um, or the maintenance must, must happen here in South Africa. The second point that is raised by, by everyone is the fact that um, the, the equipment on the ship, including the gas turbines and all those things, um, are not local. The reality is that in South Africa, we don't have a big gas to power uh, industry. And uh, it's something that as part of the gas to power project, we're hoping will kickstart. So as we sit here, there is not local content. Many of these engines, even if it was not on these ships, they would have been imported. In terms of the eight projects that uh, we, we, we have awarded preferred bidder status, these projects have come at 52%, 53% South African entity participation and about 41% Black South African participation, which is higher than what we, we had as a, as a minimum threshold. The other benefits is, is that there will be jobs created and here about 17,000 jobs. And that was the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy Deputy Director General Jacob Mbele speaking in Parliament yesterday. Now, for some analysis to the story, we join on the line by the co-director of the Centre for Complex Systems in Transition at Stellenbosch University, Professor Mark Swilling. A very good morning to you, Professor, and welcome. Uh, Good morning to you. Does this deal with car power make economic as well as environmental sense for South Africa, you think? It doesn't make any economic sense. And the main reason is an issue that has not been discussed in the public debate, especially the Mail and Guardian debate yesterday, and that is the price. So we will have to pay in dollars for gas whose prices are not set by the South African market but are set internationally, and those go up and down and are projected to go up. So the price of gas today is already higher than the bid price. So the prices that were cited by the car power bids are already out of date. But secondly, we pay in dollars, which means we are subject to the exchange rate. And if the rand devalues against the dollar, we're going to pay more. So these in combination introduce a massive price and financial instability in the South African economy mm-hmm. for a resource that could be, which is energy, that could be provided with a, a South African-based technology solution. Because that's my next question. Because if we look at the, the, uh, the, the alternatives that are available, uh, what about the independent power producers that we have here at home, solar, wind, gas, etc., that can be utilized? Why, why, why decide it on car power ship, you think? Well, you're absolutely correct. Don't forget that the cheapest bid that was approved was Aqua Power. 
and the the price of that electricity from aqua power is mm. lower than the car power ships. So, it, and mm. aqua power is providing from re, land-based renewables. Mm. So, you know, in the actual bids themselves, renewables proved that they could come in cheaper than car power ships, even though the requirement was was very strict, which was a 16 hours continuous production. So the reason why car power came in is that the rules specified 16 hours continuous production. It's very difficult for a renewable plant dependent on wind and sun to guarantee that. But aquapower succeeded. But car power as a gas generator, it's much easier for them to... Uh, to, to guarantee that because they're not dependent on wind and, and solar power. Now, we know that ESCOM indicated to us that we have five years to expect load shedding. Now, this deal will be for 20 years. My question then is, uh, Kosile and Madupi, we still also have as power stations. Are they, are they not also supposed to fill that power vacuum that we have in South Africa? They are supposed to fill that power vacuum, but they are not performing as well as they should have. They're not performing like new coal-fired power plants, which should have an electricity valuability factor of about 75%. They're lower than that. and that, So they're performing like old power stations, I can put it that way. But they are not enough. And, and, and we've known for 20 years that building those two is not going to be enough because we have to close the old, coal-fired power stations and replace those with renewables because renewables is now cheaper and you can build them quickly. And we need power, cheap power, quickly. So renewables is a Mm no-brainer. You don't need to buy gas from ships who are buying gas from the international market, which means our precious South African rands are are leaving once again our shores. Mm What do we know about these power ships? Are these power ships in use in other parts of the world, and how sustainable are they? They are used in quite a number of uh, of places around the world, for example, in Ghana. Uh, uh, but the key issue is they, the, the maximum lease period, maximum, I think only in one country is 10 years. No other country has given them a 20-year lease, a 20-year contract, which is what we have done. Most of them are emergency power of between one and five years. But you don't ever, 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 ever have ships on your shore buying gas in from other parts of the world in dollars with a 20-year contract. Nobody has ever been stupid enough to do that. 450 megawatts, they will supply us with power. Uh, Will this be enough to help us end load shedding, you think? No, and at 400 megawatts is the installed capacity. How much power, actual power, is generated is a different figure in terawatt hours. And if you look at the total amount they will generate, it will make a contribution, but not a significant contribution. And as the minister has said, and many others, and the CEO of ESCOM has said, we need a lot more. We need to build five gigawatts of uh, renewable energy. Uh, five gigawatts, 5,000 megawatts per annum hmm. if we are to solve our problem. So 218 billion rand, do you think it's wasteful expenditure perhaps? It's wasteful in the sense that a lot of that goes out of the country, whereas if you would have procured that energy from 
uh, South African-based entities that are not bringing in external machinery uh, and not buying uh, re- a, a gas from an external supplier, but are basically buying uh, sunlight and wind from ourselves as well as gas from ourselves. Uh, then those rands would have stayed within the South African economy, created jobs, created, built the economy, and that would not be wasteful. But sending rands out of the country uh, at a price which is going to fluctuate drastically, which we are all going to have to pay for, uh, while a couple of people get rich, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Professor Mark Swilling, I thank you so much for your time. Fascinating discussion. The co-director of the Center for Complex Systems in Transition at the Stellenbosch University. So.